I have a special word this morning. When I say special word, all of God's word is special, but something I believe uh, is apropos to the times in which we live in, and I believe and trust that God will inspire us and motivate us in a powerful way. If you brought your Bibles, we are in Revelation 22. We begin at verse number 6. I want to welcome all of you on Facebook and YouTube. Thank you so much for joining with us this morning. Revelation chapter 22 verse number 6. And he said to me, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Something must be done that's going to take place. And so John sees this angel and he gets an understanding of these things. Verse number 7. Behold, here it is. Here's the key. I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things, and I heard them. And when I heard them and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou, do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and thy brethren, the prophets, and of them which keep the saying of the book, Worship God. And he saith unto me, seal not the sayings of this prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Don't hide it, this vision you see, these words. I don't want you to put them on a shelf. I don't want you to write them down and, and store. I want you to declare. I want you to tell, to declare what is about to happen, because the time has come. Let's go. Verse 11. Watch this. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, here we go again. Now here's the second time in one chapter where Jesus says, I come quickly, and watch this now, my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. A reward for those that are faithful. A reward for those who are persistent. Who will dare to trust and believe God when everyone else is telling you there's no God, there's no heaven. Faithful! To trust and to believe to the end. I'm coming quickly. Let's continue. We want to finish. I am the Greek word alpha, the beginning and omega, the end. And the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life. Blessed are they that do the commandments. Not hear the commandments. Not 
go to church on occasion, hear a word of God, and then go home. They do. They obey. There's an action. There's a responsibility that you have embraced to do them. To do his commandments. What will happen? You will have the right to the tree of life and may enter into through the gates into this city. For without our dogs and sorcerers, whoremongers are sexual perverts or sexual promiscuity, people that continue in their ways of promiscuity, that's what it means, and murderers and idolaters and whoever loveth and maketh lies. This speaks of deception. People who preach and teach deception. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root of the offspring of David. Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. And the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say come. And let him that heareth say come. And let him that is a thirst come. Are you thirsty? Jesus says come. Are you hungry? Jesus says come. And whoever will let him take the water of life freely. What Jesus gives to all of us is free. Salvation is free. But discipleship will cost you everything. To be a believer, a true believer, will cost you everything. Some of you believe in Jesus and your culture is contrary Jesus and you have left your families and friends to take a stand for Jesus. A true believer, there's a price. And what the Bible is saying, easy believism doesn't exist. If you believe, your life will change. And the spirit and the bride said, come and drink water freely. Last verse 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add, watch this now, here's a warning. To these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And we know about the plagues, we discussed them. The four horsemen of the apocalypse in Revelation 6. Plagues earthquakes and famines and pestilence and if any man shall take away and add and finally let's continue a revelation he which testifies, testifies these things saith watch here we go again here we go again surely I come quickly even so come Lord Jesus Final words, the final book. Even so, come quickly. My friends, I'm here to declare to you that Jesus Christ is coming again. This has been the teaching of the church since its origin. Not only did he come once to die for our sins, born of a virgin, the Lamb of God, he will come again as the lion from the tribe of Judah. He's coming again. And I feel an urgency this morning to share this word with you. If some of you remember a few weeks ago, 
I started a brand new series called Modern Day Joseph's. Modern Day Joseph. And in that series, the first one or two, I stopped it because I felt an urgency, a compulsion to preach on the signs of the times in which we live in. And I shared some thoughts from the book of Revelation. And I want to conclude all of that tonight. I have something I believe that is so appropriate and powerful, the times that we are in today, because I see the signs that Jesus speaks of. I see what's going on today. I've been preaching Bible prophecy since I've been in ministry. I have never seen what I have seen today in our midst. I have never seen the church the way the church is today. We're going to look at these signs and we're going to see what, what is really going on in our world. All these things that we see, all these things we've experienced, they are not for nothing. There are reasons why we have experienced the things that we have experienced. There is a reason why COVID was amongst us. There is a reason why we see a falling out of the church. There's a reason why we see the world the way it is today. Jesus said, watch this now, when you see these signs coming to pass, when you see these signs, and Jesus speaks of the signs in Matthew 24. John speaks of the signs. In, in, in Revelation, Paul speaks of the signs in 2 Timothy 4 and 2 Timothy 3. The signs. When you see these signs coming to pass, lift up your head because I'm coming quickly in that atmosphere, in that atmosphere of these signs being fulfilled. Bible prophecy has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled. The next great prophetic event, most scholars believe, is the rapture of the church. And before that happens, there's going to be a certain atmosphere. There's going to be a condition that's taking place upon the earth that will provoke Jesus to come at that moment. And so we want to talk about the atmosphere. We want to talk about, about the ambiance, the atmosphere, the spiritual climate that is upon us just before the coming of the Lord. Is there something that needs to take place first? And the answer is yes. And we're seeing it in our midst today like never before. Jesus said that one of the signs of his coming and just before his coming is that the world will be filled with deception and mockery. The world will be filled with lawlessness and godlessness. People will be looking at things they think is right when it's wrong. What is wrong as right. What is wrong as right. I will talk about that in a few moments. Jesus said as it was in the days of Noah. During the days of Noah only eight people served the Lord. You might think there was just a few thousand people. No friend be mistaken. There were many many people living on the earth during that time. Some scholars say millions. But Jesus said the atmosphere will be a certain way 
And when you see these signs, get ready. When you see these signs, get ready. Look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. Jesus said that men's hearts will be cold, cold as ice just before I come. Today, I have never seen such coldness, especially when it comes to spiritual matters. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3, Paul says that in the last days, perilous times will come. The Greek word means fierce. Fierce times will come. Children will be more disobedient to their parents than ever before. That's a fact. It's happened. People having a form of godliness, deceiving people. That's happening, and I'm going to give you some examples in an unprecedented manner. People be lovers of themselves. Pride and arrogance will rise to an all-time high. Unthankful, blasphemous, boasters, unholy. We see this today. It's become a norm in our society. And Jesus said, it's in that atmosphere that I'm coming back. And that's why the psalmist said, Lord, it's time to act. Lord, please come. Because they've made your word void. They have, they have mocked you. They have, they have ridiculed your word. And the Bible finally tells us something that I've seen. And I have the statistics to prove it. There'll be a great falling away before the coming of the Lord. Paul is addressing the church in 2 Thessalonians. Folks, you may not see it, you may not realize it, but people today, you see many people that are denying their faith today like never before. In fact, during COVID, uh, the statistics are that many people not only left their church physically, but they, they've abandoned their faith. This is a fact. And so we see all these conditions taking place. And there's a reason for it. And I want to talk about that this morning. Now, I've entitled this message, <laughs> Ready or Not, Here I Come. <laughs> Ready or not, my friend, the Lord is coming. Now, I want to set the tone. Now, watch this now. This is incredible. What we see today is new, but it's not that new. Stay with me. Watch this. In ancient Israel, God spoke to his people, to go into the promised land and do what? To annihilate the enemies. To, to get rid of these godless nations, and there was a reason for it, because of their religious, and religious practices and demonic practices and sexual depravity that was part of their worship. And so he wanted them to get rid of all these false gods, the Baal gods, the gods of Shamash, the Ashereth poles, the female deities of fertility. That's what Jezebel was involved in. He wanted to get Israel to get rid of them because he knew that if they didn't, that these false religions would contaminate them and pollute them and it would become their downfall. And good enough, because Israel disobeyed, it became their downfall. Now watch this. Some of these 
female deities that Israel had to deal with, the church dealt with in Revelation. When John spoke concerning the church of Thyatira and Pergamos. And what these female deities demanded was fornication as a form of worship. Temple prostitution. It was part of their worship. And this is going to hit home. And what they would do is that the priestess would appoint certain men. Now watch this. Oh, some of you are going to say, oh my goodness. Appoint certain men that would be like a woman. They would dress like a woman and have attire like a woman. And they would perform certain ceremonial acts under the umbrella of this female deity. And so what we would have in some of these temples are ancient drag queens. That's right. Ancient drag queens performing religious godless ceremonial acts. And sexual perversion was the main focus and the key to these religions. One scholar says this spirit is what possessed the land. That spirit possessed the land. And that's why God says when you go into these territories, these places in the, new, in the promised land, you need to get rid of these false gods that promote these horrific acts. Now I want you to see this. As these drag queens performed ceremonial acts, homosexuality was also promoted in a major way. Homosexuality isn't just something that's come about now. It was always with us. But it was always used in some form of deprived element. Always something that was done that was an extreme element of rebellion against God. In fact, we know that in Romans 1, it tells us that God revealed his truth to these individuals. He showed them, he revealed to them, they actually believed, but then they decided to reject God and no longer worship the creator, but began to worship the creation. All these false gods worship creation. The moon, the sun. And God said they did this and they slapped God in the face, so to speak, and God gave them over. God turned them over to the lusts of their flesh. And as a result of that, men no longer had a desire for a woman, and women no longer had desire for men. Read it for yourselves. I don't have time to get into that. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 and following. So homosexuality was part of their worship and part of their practice. In fact, in Greek society, uh, all, all the men of nobility, aristocrats, had male lovers. It was part of the culture. So depraved were the people. So anti-God. When you get away from God, when you run away from, when you have no God in your life, then you become prone to all kinds of sinful acts, fleshly acts, because there's no conviction. We as believers have conviction. This is what brings us to truth, the Holy Spirit. But when you have no conviction, then you're free to do whatever your body tells you. You're free to do whatever you want to do. 
In fact, it's also true that what they would do is that these men, so they can stay true to what they were doing, they would be having operations and their genitals would be surgically removed. Can you imagine it? Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, when they went into Judah in 586 BC, Babylon ruled the world. The Babylonians took from Israel and Judah the brain trust, took those that were smart and intelligent, who had certain abilities like Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach. And you know what they did? The king ordered these Hebrews and any one of the other slaves to be castrated for the better service of the Babylonian gods. That's true. We see this going on in ancient times. And so they wanted these men to be focused entirely on what they were supposed to do religiously. And they also used children. Children was a huge element. The sacrifice of children. The sexual perversion that takes place with children. This was all part of the ancient customs and ancient practices. This is not new. Why do you think drag queens focus on children? It's always about a child with these people. Because they know if you get the children, you've got the future. And the devil's after the children. The children, the children, the children. Today, we see what is called the woke movement, a movement that is godless, focuses on LGBT communities, anti-God, anti-truth, rebellion, justice for what they perceive as justice. And today, we see drag queens wanting to go into our schools. We see drag queens going into our churches. Drag queens wanting to teach children certain things. So they go to the school libraries. They go to schools and even churches. And they're focusing in on children. I don't know if you've heard lately, but Cam uh, Kurt Cameron, the Christian actor, anybody heard of him? He has books that he wrote. Godly books for children. And he wanted to promote them. And his books were denied in the libraries. Go check it, Google it for yourself. Denied in certain places where children are taught. And so they deny these books that speak on loving mother and father and, and wholesome truth. Loving people and blessing people and encouraging people. Living right. They don't want these books. So they not allowed Cameron, Kurt Cameron, to go into the schools and give these books and share word. But they allowed the drag queens to come in and teach their philosophy that God chose me to be the way I am and it's okay to have sex and it's okay to do this and it's okay to do that. Be your own person. They're preaching this. And school boards are receiving them and they're denying Cameron who preaches the truth. These, I've seen videos. These drag queens, they, they're even in churches. United Methodist Church. Shame on you! 
They're allowing these drag queens to come and preach the gospel. If Charles Wesley was alive, he'd, he'd croak if he knew what was going on in the church that he started. You have these drag queens teaching half nude, half naked, dancing and leading kids. Oh, come follow me. And they're dancing around and preaching and God's love. And, yeah. What did the Bible say? I'm coming back in the time where people will think what is evil is good and what is good is evil. you heard all this drag queen discussion lately it's all over the news they have commercials it's like you're on the forefront of everything I don't dislike the person how can you where to love people it's what's happening it's the sin it's the debauchery it's the godliness we want to look at and we need to deal with that's what this is all about children is the key to this and we see it everywhere everywhere there was a time you would bring in maybe a policeman or a, a CEO of a company or a doctor maybe to talk to the students I remember having that when I was young in the school they would bring in every so often somebody that would come you know even a, a paramedic they'd come in and they would just share a lifeguard just share some practical truths about life but today we want the drag queens to come in and teach our children. Do you see it, friends? This is not just happening in one church or one city. or one. This is all over the world. It's an epidemic. It's part of the times that we are living in. Boy, has our world changed. See, our culture has lost its sense of right or wrong, even when it comes to abortion. I've shared this before. I'm going to share it again. Abortion. Get all upset. Pro-life. Pro-choice. And these pro-choicers who deny God, most of them, you know what they say to you? They'll tell you that that baby that's in, it's not a baby, it's just a clunk, a clunk of molecules. A cluster of matter they call it they don't call it a baby a cluster of matter a cluster of matter that's not life that's not life but you know what they call life are you ready for this they call life oh the scientists have discovered bacteria in mars and they're all excited what do they say oh there's life on mars there's life on mars from some bacteria that they don't but there's no life in a mother's womb. Fingers are formed and heads are formed, but there's no life. Abort. It's no life. Do what you want to do. It's my body anyway. It's my life. How dare you tell me how I'm supposed to live? And this is my life, my body, my way, my choice. That's the spirit of the age. I did it my way. I did it. Anybody who likes Frank Sinatra remembers that song. I did it my, my way. That's the philosophy of the world. That's, that's hell's national anthem. I did it my way. My God. And so friends, it's in this atmosphere we're going to see something powerful take place. Now, there's new words. 
in our dictionary. Non-binary, nice word. Neither male nor female. Be careful how you call me. I was watching an interview with somebody, a woman that was pregnant, and she said, to, she said uh, uh, why do you say woman pregnant? Don't say woman, say person. I said, sorry, but last time I checked, it's only women that can give birth. What this is how depraved the minds of people are today. Don't call me woman, don't call me he or she. Now there's people that call themselves cats and dogs. So they come to, they dressed as a dog. I'm not, don't call, I'm a dog. Oh really? So you, you are who you say you are, right? Non-binary. And we know the world's adopted this because now you go to some of the washrooms, it's, it's unisex, if you will. They don't even use unisex anymore. Friends, this is the atmosphere I believe that Jesus is speaking about the days of Noah. Now, we need to ask ourselves, watch this now. What are we supposed to do in light of all this? If we truly believe the word of God, if I would take a poll here and I asked you in this room, how many people believe the word of God? 99.9% .9 of you would say yes. That doesn't mean you obey the word of God. You can hear and you can attend and you can do a lot of things, my friends, over and over, but it's not until you obey it's not until I obey. See, that's, that's what it's all about. And so we've learned about what is going to happen. I shared some thoughts. And I shared with you two W's. That God warns us. In other words, he tells us what's going to happen. For my next W, to woo us. To propel us into action. So he warns to woo. To woo us to do something about what we've learned. To, he woos us to do something about what we hear. Because if you and I know about the reality of God and His coming again, and we have a closed mouth about it, we have failed. We have failed miserably. If there's no application to what we have learned, if there's no application to what we believe, we have failed. Because God is not interested in you having information unless there's transformation. And that's why we study to learn, to grow, to do. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and do it. Faith without works is? And so, I want to begin in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. I want you to see something very powerful. I'm going to set the tone to what Jesus is saying and to what is about to happen very, very soon. Now watch this. In Revelation chapter 1 verse 3, John says, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things for the time is at hand. So John begins here in Revelation 1, gives a word of prophecy. He says, Blessed are those who hear and keep this prophecy. Blessed the, but also, John concludes the same way he starts. Revelation 22.7. Revelation 22.7. Watch this now. What does it say? Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy 
and do it. So he begins and he ends the same way about a certain blessing that takes place that you can experience as you heed the word of God, as you absorb the word of God, the word of prophecy and the words that he mentions here. Secondly, John also does something else. In Revelation 1, 1, Look at Revelation 1.1 1, 1, The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him who show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant. Things that must shortly come to pass. Well, fast forward to Revelation 22.6 Revelation 22.6 What do we see? The very same thing. What does it say? And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. The Lord God of holy prophets sent his angel to show unto us, the servants, the things that must shortly be done. So I did a bit of research here. John ends as he begins. And what are the two things? know God's word, there's a blessing and second thing is something is about to take place the eminency of Christ that he's coming again that he's coming quickly these are the last words that Jesus says and the last theme that John speaks on the coming of the Lord and you all know friends it's always in the conclusion Every story, if you've got a bad conclusion, you've got a bad story. It's in the conclusion. You can watch a movie and it sounds great, looks great, everything's wonderful, and then you watch the ending and you're saying, what just happened? The whole movie went to... It's the conclusion. What are the last words? Are the most important words. The most important words. I'm coming quickly. I believe it friends you see friends we are not on some prophetic kick some prophetic fad just to, to preach so we can get all excited and tintillated that's not why we preach prophecy we preach prophecy to propel you and encourage you to do something with what you believe to encourage you that the Bible is real to encourage you that the Bible is the only book that speaks on prophecy because it's the only true book of God all scripture is given by inspiration of God it's profitable for all of us to grow no friends we do this because it's our conviction and we need an application an application to what we believe and so as we have come to the first Sunday in the year 2023 I want to motivate you Lord willing to inspire you to encourage you to do something to do something this year is extremely important what am I supposed to do pastor how am I supposed to live you say you believe fine that's wonderful but but what does that mean in everyday living what does that mean when it's raining outside and it's time for me to go to work and I don't have a car and I can't take the bus well, what does it mean how do I live in light of the fact of what the Bible says well let me share my title again ready or not here I come are you ready I'm gonna give you some principles this morning it's kind of like a teaching as well I'm gonna give you some principles on how to live or what 
and how, what, what to do. I'm going to be very practical. There's things that we need to do in light of the coming of the Lord. God has given us a responsibility. God, you're not just a Christian to come to church and warm up a pew. There's a purpose in your life. There's a reason why you are a believer. You think you're a believer just so you can go to heaven and that's it? It's a lot deeper than that, my friend. There's a purpose in your life. There's destiny in your life. There are reasons and purposes that you need to fulfill in your life. In my life. Number one. I'll give you some W's. Five W's, very quickly. Number one. First thing I need to do is walk submissively until the coming of the Lord. Notice verse 6 and 7 of chapter 22. That's our text. Look what it says. Walk submissively. We just read it. Faithful and true, Lord God, holy prophet, sent his angel to show unto his servants that things must be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophet. Blessed are you who keep his word. Today we're tempted not to keep his word. All these forces are coming against us not to keep his word. Everybody's telling you, you're ridiculous, you're foolish to believe in God's word. Blessed is he that keepeth in the present participle. Keepeth. You keep on keeping it. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Persistence. Walk submissively. Walk speaks of a lifestyle. It's a responsibility to keep the sayings. Notice, take heed, verse 6. Take heed. Who heeds? Who he, that's my priority. To follow what God says. To follow His Word. It's not a priority. It must be the priority. What does God say? I know what man says. But what does God say? What is God saying? Must be a priority. Nowhere else do you see this except here in Revelation. God says, what is written here is not to be tampered with. Are you with me? What is written in my word is not to be played games with. You don't add or take away. It's not about personal opinions. Thank God that's one thing. I will not share my personal opinion. I might give an analogy, but it's always what the Bible says. I don't care what my opinion. What does the Bible say? The inspired word of God. This is not some book, some narrative. This is God breathed, pnevma, breathe. I'm not going to tamper with it. Deuteronomy 4, Proverbs 30 speaks of this as well, but it's in general. Here it's very clear. And here we see an indictment against false preaching, liberal preachers who preach what they want to preach. And I've been a preacher a long time, folks, and you've heard me say this. I have never seen more deception in the church today. I've never seen it. There's always been but never like today. Some of these famous preachers that you might like are preaching lies and deceit. And I'm going to share some stories why I know this. Be careful. Deception and false prophets, Jesus said in the last days, many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ, deceiving many. False prophets and teachers coming in the name of Christ. They got big, huge churches. Be careful. Be careful who you listen to. These liberal theologians, they add and take away from the word of God. 
Galatians 1 tells us if any angel preaches any other gospel let that angel be accursed accursed and today there's a lot of people preaching false golfing Brendan Robertson of the progressive movement you know what he says about Jesus Jesus could sin and he did sin he discovered what is called the infant gospels of Jesus we don't know what happened to Jesus between 1 and 12 we don't have any record there's no there's no scripture about that but he discovered this infant gospel the infant gospel meaning the life of Jesus as a child so so he checked this infant gospel manuscript which was heretical it existed by the way but it's heretical it wasn't added into the canon and it said in this infant gospel that Jesus was a rebel he was like a devil he was disobedient and he go on to place the humanity of Jesus and the emotions of Jesus and the man the, 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 the natural element of Jesus that he was a sinner and Brandon Robertson uses these manuscripts to say that Jesus was a sinner people are flocking to this man's church did you know that? This man is preaching such heresy. I, I, I can't, it's unconscionable. He even said, you know this, he said of concerning Lazarus, when, when, when Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave, when he shouted, Lazarus, come forth. You know what Brandon Robinson says? He says that he called Lazarus out of the closet. <laughs> it's okay to be homosexual. Come. Where did you get this? said Jesus was a racist he called Jesus as a racist because he called the Syrophoenician woman a dog a dog simply means a non-Jew friends it's pathetic some of these teachings today I'm gonna I have to expose some of them the little God theology where these preachers think that we are literally like gods literally because they say we're born of God born yes we're born of God but they take it further that you are like Jesus really like Jesus that you and Jesus are one Jesse Duplantis one day when he was preaching he says I am one with Christ and he twirled around he says you want to know where Jesus is you want to know who he here he is. The little God theology. Benny Hinn preaches the little God theology. Todd White. I'm going to name, I'm not scared to name names. Because I need to warn some of you that are following these preachers. Stephen Furtek. Oh, he's a big one. Hey, all the flocking little God theology you got the power in you you can just just cry out T.D. Jake's daughter Sarah Jake's you can just call out the divinity the goddess the divine goddess in you she said the divine goddess in you T.D. Jake's daughter the little God theology Fertick will tell you it's not about sin they don't preach sin they don't preach repentance they only preach how great you are because you're a God. You only make mistakes. You don't sin. Do you, do you realize how wrong this is? And when he's talking about the trials of the Lord, 
He'll say to you, it's not that God is doing a work in you to, so you can draw closer to God and to chisel away some of the fleshly. He says, no, no, no. You, you go through that so you realize it. This is his words. You realize that you have it all along. That there's nothing that needs, you, you got it because you got, the God's in you. And so what you hear is the raw, raw, you're wonderful, great, and people are being fed, but these people are going to shepherds that are not feeding the truth. They're feeding goats, not sheep, because my sheep hear my voice. Falsehood, it's running rampant. Andy Stanley, Charles Stanley's son, lost it doesn't believe in the inspiration of the word of God anymore preaches universalism everybody's saved nobody's damned everybody's saved universalism is sweeping the land these preachers are preaching that everybody's saved you don't have to repent of your sin some of these preachers don't mention repentance because you don't have to repent because you're saved do you see what we're dealing with here and the devil is using these great people to deceive many people and you find out that all those that go to these churches they're not disciples of Jesus Christ they're hearing great motivational messages because it's appealing to their flesh and they're attracted to that and they're coming out in groves these preachers are preaching smooth things Isaiah chapter 30 verse 9 and 12 smooth things speaks of this is an Isaiah's day he's speaking about our time smooth things is preaching what you want to hear Preaching what makes you happy. I'm great. God loves me. I can do no wrong. God's going to open door and I'm going to get thousands of dollars and I'm going to be blessed. I just got to claim it and name it and claim it. God's, so God becomes this cosmic Aladdin lamp, this cosmic bellhop, this cosmic Santa Claus, and people love it. There's a church in the States, an African-American church in Atlanta. Watch this now. These people are seeker-sensitive. That's another big movement in our day. Seeker, what is seeker-sensitive? Just, you want to win them to God? Well, you know what? Just make it more comfortable for them. So, so don't preach too hard and preach nice sweet things and make it sensitive do things that would appease and appeal you know maybe you can do something in the church that will attract them you know maybe you can get some certain lights and and make this pews comfortable and get a certain style of music a certain dress code and maybe you can have have a nice restaurant beside the the, the church and feed it you know what just make it make it attractive it's a pastor in the states in atlanta watch this now are you ready for this one? You got to be ready. He grows weed cannabis in his church because he wants to reach the black male community in his church by attracting them to weed. I'm, I'm not, I can't make these things up. I can't make these things up. Using the world's methods, that's not even, that's a, to attract people to come to God so you're going to get someone to come to church by giving them a joint like are you serious like have we lost the sense of reality 
is what's going on today. I never heard these things 30 years ago. Heard some of them, but not like this. And I'm, I'm just scratching the surface, brothers and sisters. I'm only painting you a picture that we need to be careful how we walk. We can easily be deceived. This is my whole point. Notice what it says here. Blessed is he that keepeth. It's a Greek word, teroto. Teroto, which means to adhere to, to give yourself under authority to. It's to walk in obedience submissively until the coming of the Lord. My goal for 2023 is to walk submissively to the word of God. That's what I got to do. I got to do something. I got I to start with the word of God. I got to start in obedience. Jesus said in 1 John 5, 2, 3, he says, we know we are the children of God if we keep his commandments. If there's a choice. I know that I'm a child of God if I keep his commandments. If, 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 if. God expects us to read his word, to embrace his word. The point is, friends, we must take God's word seriously. It's never God, God's word, comma. It's God's word, period. The word of God is not cake for special occasion. Oh, it's, it's Christmas time. Let's read the Christmas story. It's not cake for special occasion. It's bread for daily use. And if your Bible is collecting dust, so is your heart. Watch this. Joshua chapter 1 verses 7 and 8. Watch this. Watch this. God gives instruction to Joshua. Right in the beginning of his ministry. God wanted, right in the beginning of your ministry, Joshua, I want you to know something. Only be strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe, that thou mayest observe, observe, to do what? To do some of the law? No, to do all of the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from the right hand or to the left hand, that thou mayest, watch this, prosper whatsoever thou goest. Wow. God now tells us, all right, you want to, you want to be successful, if I can use that term, prosperous. This is not money. This is in life, general. You must do all that I attempt with all of your might to follow the word of God. You got, it's your response. It's not my response. It's, I can't do it for you. But some of you come to church once a week to get fed, you say. Yeah, yeah. what about the rest of the week? That's Six days are a little bit deeper than one day. To do all. Watch this now. Watch this. So what's my goal? My goal for 223. I need to read this obediently. Observe to do all. To find out what God wants me to do. Then I got to follow it exclusively. It's not God's. It's his word. I can't mix it up with other philosophies. Other teachings. It's God's word exclusively. I can't turn to the right or to the left. God says. You got to turn to him. His word is divinely inspired. Do you hear me friends? You cannot find the word. The Quran is not divinely inspired. It's made by men. 
It doesn't contain the things the Bible does. Not even close. This word is divinely inspired by God. You don't need another word. Then number three, I need to believe it totally. Joshua is not permitted to believe about what he wants, like today, pick and choose what he wants, like the progressive movement, the progressive Christian movement today, they pick and choose what they want to believe. Oh, I believe that, I don't believe this, I don't like this. They go around, it's unbelievable, it's unbelievable. They, They pick and choose what they want when the Bible flagrantly, deliberately said, if you add or take away, you, I will add the curse upon you. You cannot pick and choose what the Bible says. And that's why by God's grace I like to preach all the books in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and I have by His grace and I will continue because all scripture is inspired by God. Yes, Nahum, Jonah, that's right. All inspired by the Holy Spirit, by God. And we can't pick and choose. And that's what's the problem today. They take out sin they don't want to talk about the blood. They don't want to talk about repentance. They don't want to talk about, about the word of God because the word of God is fallible. It's not inspiration. Of course it's infallible because then you can do whatever you want. But most of these churches, friends, they don't want to talk about sin. That's the, that's the number one thing. And I'm going to show you something that I, I saw this before but never like today. Do you know what Jesus told his disciples to do? This is what Jesus told his disciples to do. This is the last instruction he gave us. This is after the resurrection. In Luke 24, verse 45, I want you to see something. Jesus is resurrected. And look what he says, verse 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Verse 46. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus is behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead. It had to happen, in other words. Look at verse, look at verse 47. And that repentance and the remission of sins should be preached in his name among all. Repentance, remission. You cannot be born again unless you've repented of your sin. I don't care if you've been born in the church. I've had, oh, but I'm born in the church. You're so big deal you're born in the church. That doesn't make you a Christian. Just like me going into garage makes me a mechanic. I need to experience God. I need to repent of my sins. That's why Jesus came to the cross. And that's why these false teachers that everybody else is saved. It doesn't matter. Some of them even say that Hitler was saved. Because Jesus' blood covers it all. Oh, really? What a lie. If I believe everybody's saved, then I'm going to continue to do what I want. It's a lie. Progressive Christianity is a lie. Seeker-sensitive movement is a lie. The little God theology is a lie. The feel-good gospel is a lie. Jesus didn't preach feel-good gospel. Do you want to follow me? Deny yourself. Pick up the cross and follow me. My God. What? See? This is the atmosphere where Jesus is coming back. People will have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Do you know? Watch this now. Webster's Collegiate Dictionary. Webster's Collegiate Dictionary today 
The latest version, they have taken out the word sin from the dictionary. And guess who's helping to do that? Some of these so-called preachers of the gospel. I'm not kidding you folks. Check it for yourselves. I don't just come up here and throw facts. This is facts. Because if you get sin out of the equation, you get a me, a meology theology. Where it's just about me and my wants and my happiness. See, that's why the prosperity doctrine is so popular. Because it deals with me, myself, my happiness, my needs, money. Fair, for, it's appealing to the flesh. These preachers even boast that they got six jets. And they boast about it. Six jets. And one of them said, oh, I'd like to have another one too. It's absolutely appalling. It's unconscionable. And we're seeing it running rapid. Number four, then we need to study it continually to show thyself approved. What does the Bible say? Study to show thyself. Study to show thyself. Hosea chapter 6 verse 3 says, We know the Lord if we keep on following after the Lord. Then shall we know if we follow on to know Him. Follow. That means persistence. That's in the present part. We must continue to follow. It's not just saved once. Always saved. Hey, you can be, come to church and you can be raising your hand. And the next month you know nothing about God. Because you're not following Him. You got to follow. It's in the present participle. It speaks of persistence. He that endures to the end shall be endurance, persistence. Psalm 63. David said something powerful. He says, On thee will I meditate day and night. On thee will I meditate. The word meditate. In the Hebrew, it means to chew the cud. It's a cow constantly chewing, 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 meditating, chewing. In other words, you need to meditate. You need to keep chewing his word, meditating his word. This is what keeps you strong. It's my responsibility. It's not the pastor's responsibility. It's my responsibility. I've got to get my own oil. I've got to do my own research. I've got to do my own study. I've got to internalize what I hear. Otherwise, it means nothing. Information without transformation means nothing. Knowledge without experience means nothing. I don't care how many PhDs you have. I've talked to some PhDs. They don't have a relationship with God. It's all facts and figures in the letter of the law. That's all it is. Well, for 2023, Lord, I want to go further. I want to go deeper. Number two, not only are we to walk submissively, but we need to worship triumphantly. Worship triumph till the coming of the Lord. This is all till the coming of the Lord. This is my goal for 2023. To walk submissively and also Lord to worship triumphantly. Notice verses 8 and 9. Notice verses 8 and 9 of our text. Look what happens here. Something really powerful is going on. It says here. And I, John, saw these things, I heard them, and when I heard these things, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel that showed me these things. Three times, John, when he sees the Lord, or uh, is in the presence of God, he falls down on his face to worship. He's so overwhelmed! 
That's what worship is. You don't just come and sing a song. It's not, it's not about singing a song. That's not worship. All of us can sing songs. Worship is the condition of your soul. Worship is, is loving Jesus. And you know when you love someone, it's visible, isn't it? And who you love, you make time for. My God, we're going to go further. John chapter 1 verse 17 the first response Jesus appears to him on the Isle of Patmos and he falls down as a dead man Revelation chapter 19 uh, verse 6 I believe said, what happens is that John sees the Lord in this invitation to the marriage supper of the Lamb and he falls down and worships him in our text three times John has, is the presence of the Lord he falls down and he worships him you see friends that's what world worship is it, 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 you, you don't have to physically fall down but, it, but it's, it's your heart you're overwhelmed you love him you worship him it's a sign of obedience a sign of submission when you fall down lay prostrate He's saying, Lord, I worship you. I, I, I follow you. I, I love you. My life is in your hands. I consecrate myself to you. It's like what the woman, the woman, I, tell, I don't know if we know about this type of worship today. In this electronic age, this, this drive-through services we have. And I'll tell you who teaches us how to worship it is the prostitute. Yeah, that prostitute, when she heard that Jesus was in, in one of the homes, she barges in this Pharisee's house. Women aren't supposed to do that. But you see, when you love Jesus, you do what, what you wouldn't ordinarily do. See, love will take you further. Love will cause you to go further. She barges in there. She sees him, doesn't care who's around, and she begins to weep, and she's with her tears washing his feet. Feet. You, you know, to wash someone's feet was the ultimate act of humility. She washes his feet. She kisses him, kataphilia, all over, and she takes the only towel she has, her hair, her long hair, and she wipes his feet. A sign of absolute humility. She wipes his feet with her glory. Why? Because she experienced something. See, Christianity is an experience. It's not just a religion. It's an experience. And when you experience God, you are going to worship. Your experience will give birth to worship triumphantly, the Bible says. This is a powerful moment. And we see this in Revelation 4, Revelation 5, Revelation 11, Revelation 7. And if you don't catch the spirit of triumphant worship in all of this, then we lose it. Let me ask you, have you ever truly worshipped God? Well, you just got lost in His presence When you encounter God and you see His power and you experience something deep, you will be a worshiper. Number three, not only am I to walk submissively, worship triumphantly, but number three, I am to witness urgently. 
I've got to witness urgently until the coming of the Lord. I got to witness urgently. God has given me another year. I got to do something about it. I can't keep my mouth closed all my life. Oh, the travesty of a closed mouth. Let the redeemed say so. How many Christians don't speak the words of God to others that they meet? Why? Well, I, 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 I don't want to offend. I, I, what, what are they going to think of me? What are they going to think of you? Did Jesus have that in his mind when he went to the cross? We are to witness urgently. Revelation chapter 10 and 11. Look what it says. Verses 10. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. Righteous still. Now watch this now. He said, Pastor, where does witnessing come in all this? Watch this now. Daniel chapter 12. I'm glad you're asking me. Daniel chapter 12, verses 8 and 9. I want you to see a prophecy that's been fulfilled. Daniel, see, you've got to translate the Bible or speak of scriptures, but the Bible confirms the Bible. Don't just take one scripture and place your theology. Make sure the scriptures match up to other scriptures. Look what it says in Daniel chapter 12, verse 8. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? Verse 9. And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time is at end. What? 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 Daniel gets a word, a prophecy. It's okay. What am I supposed to do this? Should I share? He says, You write it down and seal it. It's not meant to be spoken now until the end has come. Well, folks, the end is here. This is what John is saying. I'm going to tell it now. The seal has been opened. I now have the privilege to declare. This is what our text is saying. It says, John says, do not seal it up, but rather declare it, share it, witness about it. Let people know about it. Go tell it on the mountain. Tell it on the mountain. Shut it out from the rooftops. If you're truly saved and you know Christ, that's what you're going to want to do. You won't be so concerned about what others think all the time. When I was, when I was a kid, I don't know, maybe some of you, do you ever have a show and tell time? Some of you saying, what? Well, my, you have show and tell? Oh, see, Elaine and I, we understand each other. Show and tell. So you'd bring something to school, you know, I would bring my hockey stick. That's all I, you know, and, and, and let everybody know. Well, you see, this is a hockey stick, and, and um, this is where they play. This is, this is what they use to, 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 to take the puck. And I'd go, show and tell. You're telling a story. You're showing. Well, what is witnessing? The very same thing. You're showing who Jesus is through your life, through the word, and you're telling them about it. Show and tell. Show your responsibility, my friend, as you are sitting in this church, the year 2023, is to show and tell. Time to stand up and make a difference. It's time to open your mouth and declare to the world we are living in desperate times. There's got to be a testimony. And this is what it says here. This is my testimony. 
That's what the, the apostles experienced. That's what the lepers experienced. In Mark chapter 1 verse 45, the Bible says that the leper that was healed by Jesus went ablaze to declare what he had done. Went ablaze. Witness urgently. Why urgent? Because we know the signs are upon us. Why urgent? Because the Bible says we are to do that and because the Bible tells us that the time has come. That's why Paul said, what do you think Paul said? Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 11. He says, he said what? He said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Jude 23, having compassion. We've got compassion. Doing what with your compassion? Doing what with your revelation? Snatching them out of the fire. Who's doing that? You. Oh, I'll call up the pastor. Let him go visit my friend. You. Not me. You. That's right. I'm speaking to you. I got to witness urgently. The time's at hand. Something's about to happen. Now watch this. Verse 11. Verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is um, holy, let him be holy still. What does that mean? This, people struggle with that. I'm going to tell you what this is, friends. This is not so difficult. I'll tell you what this means. It says, it says if people reject this word, he will remain unjust and unrighteous. There will be no hope. You see, there's something about our response to Jesus that is fixed eternally. If you're righteous, you're absorbing the truth, you remain rightness. But if you're unrighteous and you reject, you will be unrighteous. And there'll be no hope. There's no other hope but the gospel. This is what is being said here. There's no other hope. We have no other hope. There's no other reason. We cannot reject them. If we reject them, we will remain unjust forever. That's what Romans chapter 1 tells us. That God turned them over. God turned them over to the lust of their minds because they continuously rejected God. You say, well, how did I reject God? I haven't denied God. Yes, you have. Well, what do you mean? You don't pray. You don't read. You hardly come to church. You never share the gospel. You have no compassion for the lost. That's how you've rejected him. Because Jesus said, if you've done to one of these little ones, you've done it to me. So please don't tell me, I've never denied him. Many of us denied him in our lives. Some of us have forsaken our inheritance over a bowl of soup. My God, write that down. That's what Esau did. A bowl of soup speaks of the flesh and the ways of the world. My God. This is why we have to witness urgently. Number four, what am I supposed to do until the coming of the Lord? What is my goal for 2023? I got to work fervently. Notice verse 12. Notice verse 12. And behold, I come quickly 
and watch this now, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his work, to give every man according to his work, give me Isaiah 41.10, give me Isaiah 41.10, to give every man according to his work, I got to work fervently, I got to work fervently, well, I thought there's no works when it comes to salvation, you're wrong, you're not saved by works, but if you're saved, you got works, <laughs> you shall know them by their fruits speaks of works I got to work fervently and, and not only just because I love them but the Bible also tells me there's a reward coming Bible calls them crowns crowns that are given to you and me as we minister we all receive these gifts and the Bible tells us that we'll take the crowns and cast them on the feet but we all are going to receive some kind of, of reward for our diligence for we are his workmanship and we learned my friends the first thing after the rapture takes place is the judgment seat of Christ 1 Corinthians 3 where God will judge our works with his fire whether it be wood, hay or stubble or precious stone is that true? well what determines wood, hay and stubble? If, if the wood, hay and stubble burns up it didn't last, it wasn't real your works were not true works disingenuous at best but if your works were real and authentic they only get purified they don't burn up your works will be tried with fire that's why Jesus said not everyone who names the name of Christ is truly a saved or a believer he said that and they said, well, wait a minute, Jesus, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't, didn't, didn't we prophesy? And didn't we do this? Didn't we help? He said, away. I, I never knew you. You did all that out of wrong motives. You did it to be seen of men. You did it for some accolades. Maybe you did it for money. I don't know, but you didn't know me. You didn't do it because you really loved me. Works will be judged let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear God which means to honor him respect him fear God and keep there's that word keep again keep his commandments keep it for God shall bring it to, into, into judgment every secret thing whether it be good whether it be evil God will bring it my God is appointed unto man once to die and then this is not judgment for salvation. This is judgment for us, for our works. Our works. Works are very important, my friends. That's why we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. For the night cometh will not be able to work the night there'll be a time you won't be able to work so friends what does this mean I believe stop wasting time you're wasting time some of you Paul said in Ephesians to redeem the time not to waste your time why are you a Christian you think you're a Christian just so you go to heaven that's part of it you're a Christian to make a difference in this world you're a Christian to help somebody in this world that's why he called you the salt of the earth the salt brings healing. The salt brings like medicine to the soul. Heals, it preserves. 
It adds flavor. The salt. You are salt in this world to make a difference in this world. That's why you're a Christian and your works are seen as a result of that and God will reward you. He will reward you, my friend. Come, I'll make you rulers over five, ten. Come enter, enter. Come and enter because you were faithful. Faithful to my word. Come and enter to your reward. Wow. What a statement. Yes, my friends, it's going to happen. It's happening. It's happening today. We see it everywhere. I got to close. But stay with me. Just one more, just one more thought. Just stay with me. Stay with me. I don't want you to lose this. I don't know about you, my brothers and sisters, but I don't want to go to heaven empty-handed. I don't want to go to heaven empty-handed. You hear me? Some of you haven't won one soul to Christ in 25 years. I'm not saying go around taking statistics, write this down. I'm only saying to you that your life is precious. There's something God is calling you, something that he wants you to do, and you need to stop wasting time. Do you have that urgency? This is why I'm preaching this morning. There's an urgency in the air. Something is stirring in the air. I want to have some crowns that I can cast at his feet in Revelation. The Bible says they cast their crowns at his feet. Imagine standing there, everybody's casting crowns, but you don't have a crown. My goodness, I don't got a crown. No, friends. Finally, I need to watch expectantly. That's my last point. Watch expectantly. Watch expectantly. That's what the Bible says in Revelation 19.7. That's what the Bible says in 1 John 3.3. 3, he that hath this hope purifieth himself. Notice what it says in Revelation 22.20. Watch this. Revelation 22.20. 22.20. It says, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Even so, amen. I come quickly. I am come quickly. I got to watch expectantly. Jesus said, Occupy till I come. Jesus said, Watch and pray. I'm coming. I'm coming. Jesus said, I'm coming quickly four different times. The Greek word is tiko. Tiko, the Greek word, which in English is a tachometer, tachometer, which, what is a speed detector? Are you with me? A speed, in other words, I'm coming with great speed. Tiko, I'm coming. When these signs are upon you, be sure I'm coming very, very quickly. I'm coming, you can be sure of that. Paul says, in the twinkling of an eye. Do you know how fast the twinkling of an eye is? Do you know how fast researchers that you, you, you twinkle your eye at least 20 to 30 times per minute? And twinkle of an eye is the time that it takes for the light to enter into the eyes, reach the back of your eye and be reflected back out again. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. In other words, my friends, the twinkling of an eye is one billionth of a second. One billion. Do you know how insanely incredible that is? That Jesus is coming quicker than a billionth of a second when the time comes. What does that mean? I better be ready. I gotta be ready. I don't, because if he comes back and I'm not ready, oh, 
oh, pastor, stop those fear-mongering things. No, I'm only telling you what the Bible says. I'm not telling you what I say. He's coming as a what? As a thief. A thief in the night. Thieves don't leave notes. Oh, by the way, Mr. Chambers, I'm going to rob you by 7 o'clock tomorrow, so be ready. A thief comes when you don't expect. I'm coming as a thief. I'm coming as a thief. That's rapid. When you see these signs, your redemption. My friends, when the water breaks, the baby's about to come. When the water breaks, the baby's about to come. Oh, I know about that. Let me tell you, I've seen it over. When the water breaks, the baby's about to come. When the water breaks, the... Oh, my friends, let me tell you something. The water has broken. And the baby's about to come. Something's about to happen. Something's about to take place. I need to get ready. Yes, Lord. You are who you are. Despite what is around me. You are who you say you are. Despite the voices in the air. Despite the circumstances, your word stands forever. Your word stands forever. Your word stands forever. I'm going to believe your word. I know you're coming soon. For the word of the Lord is like a hammer that breaketh the rock into pieces. The word of the Lord is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's sharp. It pierces the hearts. And he has elevated his word even above his name. How can we not believe his word? If we do... If we do, then Lord, help me to walk submissively. Help me to worship triumphantly. Help me to witness urgently. Help me to work fervently. Help me to watch expectantly. Let us all stand, please. Whenever your head bowed, please. Friends, I don't I, I say this, but not often. I honestly believe that the word I shared with you is what needs to be here today. This is not my word, this is God's word. And 2023 is upon us. This is the first Sunday. I said, we need an application to what we believe. And I want to address you, every, every head bowed please. If this is your desire, your goal, I'm tired of people making goals every year, New Year's resolutions to lose weight or to do this or attend the gym or to read more, and they never accomplish it. They don't accomplish it. But if I have a resolution this year, if I have a, a desire, my desire is I want to draw closer to God because that's all I really need. If I have God, I've got everything. I'm challenging you this morning, brothers and sisters, to make a goal this year, to walk submissively, to witness urgently, to watch expectantly,
If that's you and that's your goal, these altars are open. I'm inviting you to come and stand before the Lord and say, Lord, I declare to you my desire to follow you this year because this could be the year you come again. And I want to walk submissively till that time comes. I want to witness urgently till that time comes. I want to worship you triumphantly until that time comes. I want to be who you want me to be. Because you said you're coming, Tico, Tychometer. I'm coming with great speed. I need to be ready. And when you see these signs coming to pass, then you better lift up your heads because that's the time redemption, the Messiah will come. Who would say today, yes, Lord? I want to be ready if that's you I don't want you to hesitate and look around and where she is stop that that's what gets you into trouble if that's you this morning and that's your desire I want you to get out of your pew and I want you to come here and make a declaration before the Lord you might say there's not enough room doesn't matter we'll make room get out of your pews if that's your desire if that's not your desire stay where you are and I mean this if that's not your passion I don't think it's important that you come but if it's your desire you need to come if there's no room you can make on the aisles just stand in the aisles then if there's no room in the altar you stand in the aisles but I want you to stand if that's you you're standing David said in Psalm 130 my hope is in your word my hope is in your word my hope is, that, that's my hope in his word. We're going to worship triumphantly in a few moments. And then I'm going to pray. Folks, remember this. You are extremely important. Because through you, lives can change. Do you realize that there's nothing greater than that? There's nothing greater than being an ambassador for God. There's nothing greater than being a co-worker. There's nothing greater than being his workmanship. That speaks of his masterpiece. And you and I have a responsibility. Let's worship together, Pastor Josh, and then we're going to pray.